0: Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Denise, and this is the Creative Mind series that's kicked off again in autumn. And I'm so honored to have Dr. Jennifer Hall with us. She's an executive coach, psychologist, workshop facilitator, coach, supervisor, and assessment author. And I have to tell you, I was looking up all things about entrepreneur mindset and her name kept popping up. I listened to another show she did and I was so compelled to reach out. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, Denise.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. So I am next week This will be the show that drops right before I head out to this conference, and I was asked to speak on Winning Mindset, and it's to a group of entrepreneurs. I myself, I'm an adult and child psychiatrist. I've had my own practice. I'm not on any managed cares. I also have a jewelry line. I have a podcast. So I have the entrepreneur mind. I work with entrepreneurs. I work with all ages. I work uh, in Manhattan Beach, California, I've got the Hollywood angle, I've got the professional athlete angle, I've worked with it, I help people, but I'm asked to talk about mindset from so many different ways, and I'm like, I love to get the data, and I'm like, who's out there that's an expert, and I thought, I want to know who knows all about entrepreneur mindset, and that is why I found you. So thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, my pleasure. And uh, no pressure.
0: (laughs) Oh, so I wanted to ask you, I want to just get to know you. If you could tell, give me a little bit of background or give us a background on who you are, what you're doing and kind of what makes you tick.
1: Well, thank you for asking. So as you mentioned, um, Denise, I'm a psychologist by training and I did not think of myself as an entrepreneur until maybe 10 years into my professional career. At that time, I was doing leadership development and I was doing executive coaching. I was doing it within the context of a college and I was an employee and I figured I would probably always be an employee. Everyone in my family pretty much had that employee mindset. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but that's, I just really hadn't looked outside of that. And all of the work that in my organization we did with leaders was based on assessments. So we think that in order to decide where you wanna grow as a leader, as a human being, it's helpful to have some assessment data, and we used a wide variety of assessment tools, but we didn't really have anything on entrepreneurial mindset, and we were interested in measuring that, working with our clients to help them become if not more entrepreneurial within an organization, at least more innovative or what we would call intrapreneurial, entrepreneurs inside organizations. And so long story short, not finding the tool we needed, we, um, myself and two other colleagues decided to build it. And so that's a very short part of my story, but that's how I came to co-develop the entrepreneurial mindset, see myself as an entrepreneur. Within a couple of years, I quit that salaried position and I've been Um, on my own ever since.
0: Wow. Okay. So a couple things, the event I'm going to is someone that talks about being a W2 employee versus being on your own Mm. versus this. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to know his mindset, his perspective, his ability to go IPO. And then I thought there's so many different types of winning mindsets. There's so many different types of entrepreneurs mindsets. And what I loved about the body of work that we're going to dig deeper and what you've done. Number one, I love getting data. Number two, I love thinking outside of the box. Number three, I like people to think about their own unique sensory perception. I talk neurostyle that we all process and perceive things in our own unique way. So I thought, wow, if I could have Dr. Hall on to discuss sort of what inspired you to do the assessments Then maybe we can go a little deeper on the different type of entrepreneur minds, whether you're working for someone or have a side hustle, as as John Sarasani would say, I don't usually say side hustle. But I mean, there's just all different ways to have entrepreneur spirit. So maybe we can just start with sort of some flavors of an entrepreneur mind, and then we can go into some of the 14 characteristics of the assessment.
1: Sure. And that's a great point. I I think a lot of times people who don't think as deeply about these issues as you might think about a prototypical entrepreneur and they think someone either has it or they don't, right? So if you're an Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or, you know, pick your prototypical entrepreneur. But in fact, there are many, many ways to be entrepreneurial. And so, for example, someone could feel very secure um, in a salaried position in an organization, and so they're not going to want to take a risk and go out on their own, but they could still be very entrepreneurial within their position. So I work personally with a lot of sales executives who really think like entrepreneurs. They think, okay, this is my my territory or my account or my region or sales for the entire company. This is my business and I have to drive it. And so they have some other characteristics of an entrepreneurial mindset. They might be very confident, very optimistic, very persistent. So they're operating like an entrepreneur within the organization. There are other ways to be entrepreneurial. Some folks feel like, well, they want to be their own boss. That's really important to them. <laughs> and so maybe they want to have a franchise because they like the structure that comes with having a franchise and they like the autonomy of being their own boss, but they don't necessarily have a desire to work 12 hours a day and scale something that's going to turn out to be really big. So that's another kind of entrepreneur. And then we've got, you know, the high tech uh, scaling entrepreneur who wants to come up with a new technology and build it and spread it throughout the world. So those are just a few examples of ways in which people can operate with different kinds of entrepreneurial mindsets.
0: Well, and I'd like to talk about values and I want to invite the listeners to think about what gives you your best day, your best life as a parent, as an employee or not, or an entrepreneur for me working for myself it's a couple things I just want to share with you is number one, I wanted to practice my adult and child integrative psychiatry in a way where no one was telling me, you can't go over time with your patients. You can't make Mm -hmm. a home visit if you want. Mm -hmm. I didn't really agree with managed care. I always thought of people as way more than anything about here's your prescription. And Mm -hmm. so for me, when I put a shingle out into the world, I was also told by one of my supervisors that if you go work for someone, you work so hard, they're going to, they might, may or may not take advantage of you. And I thought, wow, what a great piece of advice. And I thought, well, I don't really want to work for anyone else. Why? Sh-? You know what I mean? And, and I had mm-hmm. so much training. I had the training plus I had moonlighting and I just wanted to do things with a high level quality. So the quality of care for me was important. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. the ability to be a great family person. So I feel like I want to invite people to think about, you know, what, why are we doing? What is our why? And what kind of freedom do we have? And we also have to have our own sense of risk reward tolerance. I'm sure these are all different things that not only in the assessment that you've developed, but also the clients you work with, these are questions you probably have them ask themselves.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So knowing your why, understanding what's important to you um, and thinking about how you're going to get there. And it's interesting because as a physician, as a psychiatrist, it makes sense to me that being on your own frees you from the constraints of managed care or systems that want you to minimize the amount of time you spend with patients. For folks in other kinds of professions, they might find a different calculus, right? They might find that, um, for example, oh, if I'm on my own, I don't have the same kind of resources to collaborate with other colleagues internally that I can. And so they might also value quality but find that they're better able to live in alignment with that value inside an organization. So this is what I love about my job is I love for every individual I'm working with not to make any assumptions but to understand what is unique about their context, the context within which they're operating, their value system, their family system, their cultural system, their social identities and see how it all comes together.
0: Can I just when I'm hearing you Um, From the other series I do, the Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond series, the definition of neurostyle is that we all process and perceive information in our own unique way. And I talk about the fabulous five, biological, psychological, social, cultural, spiritual, and then coupled with sixth sense intuition. And I've Mm -hmm. trademarked that concept, the Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond. I'm wondering if you and I could have a dialogue on how that multidimensionality Relates to the entrepreneur mindset.
1: Mm, interesting. Yeah, that would be really fruitful.
0: So, can you just jump and tell us? Like, I mean, tag your it because. You've gotten data. <laughs> I mean, I want to hear, I mean, I'm like a little girl, like with pigtails, like, yay, I get to talk to Dr. Hall today. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I want to Please just...
1: call me Jen. I'm just, yeah. I just went right for assuming to call you Denise, sorry. Oh yeah, My please, apologies. that's
0: fine. No, it's all good. <laughs> You're fine. Uh,
1: so, so yeah, I'm just going to be thinking out loud if I do that.
0: Yes, please. Is that okay? Yes.
1: Okay. So you said cognitive, social, cultural,
0: biological-, biological. Oh, yeah, psychological, social, mm-hmm. cultural, spiritual, coupled with sixth sense intuition. So for me right. as a Western right. MD, but I, I bridge, I was really, really fortunate to be asked to speak uh by the Dalai Lama at that Body Mind Life conference in India. So I bridge right. concepts of Western, Eastern, and then I put them into real world, the real world, like you're in the real world, right? So how do we talk about things? So the word neurostyle is very like, it gives you a room to grow. It is a mindset term that's not rigid. And I believe that your, your incredible body of work that you've done, because I've looked at it, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to you. I feel like you you almost like invite people to look at their qualities and how that changes throughout their life in different mm-hmm. dimensions. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and so it would be interesting to map your five dimensions of neurostyle plus the six onto our 14 scales. And I imagine we could map it with some degree of um, confidence, and then there would be some that just would, some of what you're looking at would just transcend these. So, for example, biological. Well, so there are some of our, the dimensions on the entrepreneurial mindset profile which I think are relatively more hardwired. So in a sense, we could map that onto the biological dimension. For example, someone's preference for structure is, I think, largely, um, largely hardwired, which is not to say you can't make any changes depending on cultural or contextual um, pulls. but for example, My father is a PhD mechanical engineer. No one loves structure as much as this man does. I'm pretty sure he was born that way, and he's always been drawn to structure. Now, could we teach him to operate with less structure if we needed to, if he was in a very ambiguous, uncertain situation? probably if he could recognize that that's what he was being asked to do and if there was a compelling reason but he would immediately start adding structure right there are other people who i think very naturally find structure limiting they find it constraining um so of all of our dimensions that one might be the one that has the largest biological component but again i'm just thinking about this for the first time definitely a lot of them would have psychological um components i think a I think, in fact, most of them would. So, for example, one's need to achieve. I think it's easiest to think about that as a psychological um, construct, if you will. And that can come from a lot of different things. But I think in some ways it comes from one's childhood environment, what the ways in which someone adapts to their environment and what they learn will get them um, praise, acceptance, reinforcement from the people around them. So I'll stop there, but that's just a couple ways in which we could map the
0: dimension. Well, I think it'd be neat if you can let everyone know a little bit about, you did start to say, like you were looking at it scientifically. Can you tell us maybe about the 14 different traits and the scale and just describe what that is? And then we can have some um, real life examples.
1: Sure. And I'll I'll try to um, describe it at a high level. So, As I said, we, um, we, we, those of us who are in leadership development who come out of this particular approach, like data. So when I work with a client, I like to be able to say to them, oh, here's how you score on this particular dimension of, um, let's say, introversion, extroversion, to just use a very uh, common one. And here's how it compares to other people. And how does this fit for you and what are the pros of that and what are the cons. And so we wanted to help people who are interested in entrepreneurial mindset understand their where they were relatively strong and where they were less strong in terms of a whole cluster of dimensions related to entrepreneurial mindset. And so the way we developed the scale is we didn't come at it from a theoretical perspective. So we didn't say entrepreneurs are like this and so they are high on these four dimensions. We took what we call an empirical approach, and we said, well, we're not sure. So we collectively looked at, we, we, we used two norm groups. We had a whole bunch of business owners, entrepreneurs, we had a whole bunch of corporate managers, and we had them answer just hundreds of questions that fell into different dimensions. different scales, different psychological constructs, and we included on our final assessment the 14 scales that differentiated the two groups. So in each of the 14 scales that we measure, things like risk acceptance and action orientation and passion, entrepreneurs in general scored differently than corporate managers in general.
0: So what that means,
1: Denise, is if you take the EMP, if anyone else takes the EMP, you can see how you score on these 14 dimensions compared to our two norm groups. So we might look at it, I'm guessing you're high on a lot of them, but just for example, we might say, oh, well, you're even higher than entrepreneurs on passion and need to achieve. Right? Mm, but in mm-hmm. terms of nonconformity, oh, well, you're kind of average, you're between the two groups. And then, oh, you're a little bit lower than even the corporate managers on, say, execution. But that's offset by your extremely high score on idea generation, right? So when an individual takes the EMP, they see their scores on these 14 different dimensions of entrepreneurial mindset. And what it allows them to do is to identify their unique strengths and any lower scores and think about how they can apply that set of strengths and lower scores which may or may not be problematic but how they can apply their strengths to whatever their professional goal is they can apply it to their personal goal as well but most of my clients come to me um for professional uh for within the context of having set professional goals and wanting coaching within their leadership role
0: that's so cool well i'm looking at it if it's okay can i do you want to list them or do you want to I mean, I'm just so intrigued. Go ahead. Do you want me to, do you want to listen to them? No,
1: why don't you then, Denise?
0: Okay, I'm here, everyone. And I'll put on the (laughs) entrepreneur mindset profile because I wanted to get the data because I'm like, I have real world experience and I'm going to be giving examples from my perspective as a psychiatrist and an entrepreneur and a podcast influencer. But I thought, let's see what's out there. So what I love is it says view all personality scale definitions, and you can go to emindsetprofile.com. And of course, Dr. Hall's is going to weigh in, but I, the characteristics are future focus, the ability to think beyond the immediate situation and plan for the future, idea generation, the ability to generate multiple and novel ideas and define multiple approaches for achieving goals, execution the ability to turn ideas into actionable plans the ability to implement ideas well self confidence a general belief in one's ability to leverage skills and talents to achieve important goals optimism the ability to maintain a general generally positive attitude about various aspects of one's own life and the world persistence the ability to bounce back quickly from disappointment and to remain persistent in the face of setbacks Interpersonal sensitivity, a high level of sensitivity to and concern for the well being of those with whom one works. Now, those are seven in green. Are those the entrepreneur traits? And then there's the next one, the success?
1: Uh, actually, those are what we call the skill scales. So we see those as being very amenable to development, right? So, for example, if um, you weren't very future focused, which I'm sure you are. We could, you know, coaches can um, teach people to develop those skills. So we think these are particularly amenable, and we call these the skill scales. The other seven, which you are probably going to to get to next, we call the personality scales because we think those are relatively more hardwired. Not that you can't change those, but we think those have more implications for the kind of setting in which you would thrive, and the skill scales – Say more about how well you are likely to perform.
0: So the skill scales are performance, and then the personality scales are more your basic baseline neurostyle or hardwiring awareness.
1: We think so. It, yeah. So personality, hardwiring, neurostyle, and also motivation. So what motivates you? Are you motivated to, by making an impact? in the world, in which case your passion score would be high? Are you motivated to achieve at a very high level, in which case your need to achieve would be high? So we refer to the personality skills as the who and the why, (laughs) and the skills as the what and the how. And I'll just say one more thing about the differentiation that is helpful to me is that um, we believe that someone's scores on on the personality scales are likely to determine whether they're even attracted to entrepreneurial endeavors or entrepreneurial situations. And the skill scales are more likely to determine how successful they'll be in those endeavors.
0: Okay. So the next seven that I'm reading are the personality scales. Yes. Okay, independence, the desire to work with a high degree of independence, preference for a limited structure, a preference for tasks and situations with little formal structure, non-conformity, a preference for acting in unique ways and an interest in being perceived as unique, risk acceptance, a willingness to pursue an idea or desired goal even when the probability of succeeding is low, Action orientation, a tendency to show initiative, make decisions quickly, and feel impatient for results. Passion, a tendency to experience one's work as exciting and enjoyable rather than as tedious and draining, and need to achieve, the desire to achieve at a high level.
1: That's it. That's exactly right. And as you're talking about these, are you, I'm sure at some level, like applying them to you and imagining how you would score on these?
0: Yeah. Well, I actually, maybe what I can do if I just want to be vulnerable is you already, I already shared a little bit. I, I've always, I think it's important because I'm an adult and child psychiatrist. So I want to invite everyone to think about your own core unique traits as I'm saying mine. So I always like to be the leader. I was always self-driven. In fact, in high school, my mom's like, you can get an, you can get a B Denise. Cause I was on my way to California. <laughs> And then I was varsity soccer, lifeguard. And I did. I was really fortunate to always have balance. That's one thing I feel very blessed with, good time in nature, fitness, and friends. So that's been one of my core values. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't think that regular Western medicine, even way back when, that's why I like to have people like yourself on the show. I call yourself and others that sort of think ahead. And I don't mean there any judgment. I think everyone's thinking is great. But paradigm progression thinking I just Mm -hmm. wanted to practice psychiatry and medicine in a way that I thought was the most healing. So, my values Mm -hmm. to provide the highest level of care was like absolutely like number one, practicing in integrity. Number two, I didn't even think about wanting to do managed care and like spending so much of my day or hiring someone to fight for the code. I I mean, Mm -hmm. if I was going to need to do that, I would probably leave medicine because I think I have other skill sets. Number three, once I I was very blessed, I adopted my son kind of at a later age. So I kind of was very fortunate as a female uh, doctor because I had my son later in life at age 39. So I was really fortunate to sort of be set with a great system of private practice. And my name just became known because of just the way I practice. And so when I look at these Sets. I didn't. Even, I have to be honest with you. Much like you, when you said, "Oh wow," I, I'm thinking of myself as an entrepreneur. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, didn't have, I thought of myself as a doctor that's just decided yeah. to do it this way. Yeah. And now I'm actually now that I'm getting ready to do this talk, mm-hmm. i mean, it's like a life review of Wow, Denise, you yeah. go girl! Because I was yeah. looking at what other doctors were doing right now, and most of them aren't in full practice, not taking any insurance. All my friends got burnt out mm-hmm. of it, trying to hunt in the world. For providing for their families without a boss. And there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that. A lot of people have a set amount of days where they work for county or for something else. And then they have a small private practice. I have for 22 years been self-reliant and self-sufficient. And not only do I do my private practice, but I'm raising my son on my own. And then I, as an entrepreneur mindset, wanted to have integrity in the way I ran my podcast I have almost 400 shows. I was just voted again in the entire world this last week in the final slate, not number one, but in the top 10 in the world out of 8.1 million polled listeners. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you for the Skeptic's Guide to Science and Medicine. But I did not want to. I did. I have not wanted to take money. I didn't want to advertise. I didn't want to do promotional stuff. I wanted to lead with service and altruism with Mm -hmm. this part of what I want to do to change the way people think, talk and act about mental health to Mm -hmm. innovative thinkers like yourself, because I feel like in this day and age, when you're trying to like, who do you trust to to listen to as a show? I thought I want to show everyone that I'm the real deal and what I think the real deal is. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. And now my entrepreneur mindset is it's time. Denise, you're X amount of years in, You've got these accolades. It's like I did my own residency training in podcast hosting. (laughs) I want to attract people like yourself or like this event I'm going to. And at the end of the show, go, hey, check out the workshop we're doing or just build the own organic following. So I don't know. That's just a little bit of a window into me. And also... I'm addicted to swimming, so I'm always like, I can't wait. I'm going to go to the pool an hour after you and I talk. I get to do the pickups and drop-offs of my son. So my mindset's about family values, quality of care, really walking the walk. If you're going to come see me as a doctor, I want to live that life that – and everyone lives their own, but this is what (laughs) – I don't want to be the – Anyone who goes and tells you how to do something, but they're not doing it, I just can't yes. respect that. So okay, I'm going to shush right. myself and just let you respond because <laughs> we're just getting to know each other.
1: Hmm. No, I love that, and I think I I think the same way about coaching. It's like, if my clients come to me and they want to talk about balance and they want to talk to me about prioritizing their family and living in accordance with their values, well, it kind of keeps you honest, right? Because there's so much cognitive dissonance that's created if you're not living in accordance with the values um, that you end up talking with people about every day. So I completely respect that.
0: Well, I want to kind of push the envelope a little further because I know you've worked with so many cool clients. One of the other call to action I have with the concept of sensory perception and neurostyle. And that's why I love these rating scales and human characteristics you have for the entrepreneurial mindset is that there's a lot of unseen energy of what drives someone. What Mm -hmm. gets you excited? What are you passionate? How are you innovative? And so much of I'm a champion, I love science. I'm so glad I went to medical school. I will never regret that. But I like when people become independent thinkers. And for me, so much of mental health is also that unseen energy of intuition. And so many people might have anxiety or depression or something, but they might be feeling the feelings of others. So one of the reasons why I like practicing on my own is some of the shows that I've done and some of the individuals I have are a bit pushing the envelope for what my peers would want me to do at UCLA. And they Mm -hmm. still all respect me, but I can just do what I want to do. No one's telling me don't do that show. So I don't know. Now you get a little window into, I don't know which characteristics I'm dinging on all the, (laughs)
1: well, I can tell you, (laughs) I'm hearing. I'm hearing, I'm hearing that you're probably very high on independence so you like talking with people, you like consulting with people, but you want to be the one who's going to make the ultimate call. And also high on nonconformity. Like you don't want to do things the way everybody else does them <laughs> or just because everybody else does them that way. You want to stand out because you put a lot of energy into thinking about how you can have the most positive impact in the world and thinking in innovative ways and you wanna be able to express those things. So those are two that I just heard. But I also heard very high passion and very high need to achieve. And those I hear um, have characterized you from a young age. And that tends to be true. When I'm debriefing someone's EMP, whatever their highest score is, I I ask them to give me an example from childhood and it's never hard for them to do it, right? So the fact that you always wanted A's, need to achieve. Um, The fact that you wanna have a a very positive impact in the world high passion so that's why one reason I said earlier um, in our conversation that you probably score high on a lot of these is I, I think you absolutely would now most entrepreneurs don't need that so that's one thing I like people to recognize is you don't have to score high on everything to be a successful entrepreneur you just have to know what your unique strengths are your secret sauce and then find a way in which you can turn that into some kind of positive um, outcomes in the world and for yourself.
0: That's great. Can you give us a couple examples of some of the people that you've worked with that have the entrepreneur mindset within an organization versus maybe some of the differentials? I know there's so many. We'd have to do like like a master class for hours, and maybe we will. But can you give some highlights of who who's benefiting from this amazing scale, how it's used and some of the findings that you find really intriguing
1: yeah sure I'd be happy to let me think of a couple examples so i'm going to use an example from a time before this was even commercially available it was still in development but i was working with someone and he was expressing such distress about the way in which he was treated in the organization by his boss and Every time he said something new, I thought, oh my gosh, he's so entrepreneurial, and his boss is not at all entrepreneurial. We had no value judgments, just different skill sets, different gifts, different contributions. And finally, I said, do you just want to sit at my computer and take this assessment right now? Because I think it would be helpful for you. And he said, sure, are you kidding? So he had such an interesting profile. So in the personality scales, he was very high on limited structure and nonconformity, meaning he really thought very differently. And he really did not like to have to conform to other people's structures or other people's expectations. That just would absolutely negatively impact his performance. And he was also low on action orientation, meaning he liked to think deeply, he liked to do his due diligence, he didn't want to act too quickly, lest he make a bad choice. So he was within the context, however, of an organization where things had to happen very quickly and they couldn't be perfect, and everyone had to follow the same processes and policies and procedures, and it wasn't considered okay to stand out so much. And his boss actually said to him, I'll never forget, he said to me, Jen, my boss has said to me, can you please just do one thing at you know, one thing at a time, and it was almost impossible given how he was made up to do just one thing at a time. He functioned much better if he could spend a lot of time in thought, a lot of time brainstorming, looking for connections. He might spend a couple months doing that on a big project, but then at the end of it, there was brilliance, right? In a way that someone who'd been working steadily for two months might not have accomplished. So just very two very different people, and they were looking at each other with such judgment <laughs> and such disappointment. So. For this client, seeing how high he scored on some of these elements and how low he scored on others, he was able to at least hypothetically map his boss onto these same dimensions and see how very different his boss was. And it really was just so insightful for him. He also recognized that it was his boss's boss who had wanted him to get this coaching in the first place. And and he figured out when he saw these differences that that was probably why his self-confidence was so low as a result of being in this context that didn't take advantage of his tremendous talents and wasn't, Um, wasn't accepting of his difference in terms of his work style and his cognitive style and what you would, you know, call his neurostyle. So he was able to go back to the organization, talk to his boss's boss and say, oh, I get it now, I can contribute in these ways and here's what I think I would need and his boss's boss just kind of plucked him up and put him in a different role in the company that has allowed him to shine and he's been there, I tracked him, he's been there probably for eight years since we had that session and he continues to get promoted didn't have great success, all because he recognized what he needed to succeed.
0: I love that. And to me, everything starts. I like to talk about universal truths for mental wellness and it's for all ages mm-hmm. and it's awareness. And so once we have an awareness yeah. of our characteristics and traits and we match the task, the job, the family, the relationship, the boss. Yes. Then we come from a place of non-judgment where we create win-win environments. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about uh, uh, scales like this, where people can have insight. It also offers, I think some people do really well with the sheet of paper and data. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Whoa, here's your <laughs> trait. Here's this trait. Yep. And then it makes it, it takes it, it, depersonalizes. It's not like it's villainizing one person's styles better than another. So exactly. I love that.
1: It's just a launch pad to conversation. So you and I know we could have the same conversation with a client and we could use our own terms, but there's something about seeing it on a piece of paper in comparison to other groups that, yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: Right. So I I sent you, I don't know if you had a chance, I sent you my slides for next week. And there's one slide that has linear and then the other one nonlinear and the linear kind of Newtonian view of the universe from a quantum and then quantum physics And it sounds like person A, the boss that was like almost like a rule follower, let's do one task, please don't overwhelm me, is A, B, C, Mm -hmm. D, E, F, G. Then the other person, you put them in the middle, and their mind is thinking of what I call multiple, like karmic burners at once, multiple ideas, and they're seeing in the future and they're seeing how they all connect. And I've had someone work with me, they're like, Denise, we don't have your Venn diagram that you're seeing of the whole future. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was really funny because I had my artist do my Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond showing the multidimensionality of the biological, psychological, social, cultural, spiritual, and then the DNA strands in an ethereal way, and then the Venn diagram. So it kind of describes. And I think mm. when you're looking at these characteristics, you talked about your father earlier. Now he probably would get along really well with that linear boss, right? Gosh. They'd be like,
1: Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. And the other guy would have made him crazy.
0: Correct. And so I think it's great. Can you give more, like, can you sort of say a little bit about how you develop this and then where, how it's being used? I mean, I'm, I've been on the website and I've checked it out, but I would love for the audience just to listen to like what this is and how they can access it.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. So we developed it to be a very practical tool. And we were thinking that the main audience for this assessment would be the corporate leaders who were the clients we worked with. And it's just interesting because once you put a product out in the world, the world will decide what kind of value it has and how it will use it. So um, we certify practitioners who then become qualified to administer it to folks. And so some of those practitioners are executive coaches like myself who work with corporate leaders. But you know what? Most of our practice, well, maybe not most, but 50%, and there's multiple buckets, so it's the single largest percentage of our practitioners, are university professors who work, who teach entrepreneurship to undergraduate and graduate students. Because their idea is, let's help these students understand where their current strengths and opportunities areas are an entrepreneurial mindset. So first of all, they can develop any areas in which they are not strong that concern them, and also they can think more about what would be a great fit for them, and they can act with that self-awareness that you talk about. One of my favorite sayings, and I cannot, I can, I've looked and I can't find out who said it, but it comes from um, the medical world, so you might appreciate it, is that prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. And so all around the world, entrepreneurship professors and accelerator mentors, you know, and startup coaches, they're all trying to help folks develop entrepreneurial mindset. But because it's so multidimensional, if they don't know what someone's starting point is, if they don't know what the baseline is, they're just gonna be giving the same general advice to everybody. Hello. And the EMA
0: Okay, so the call dropped right when we were talking about a prescription, diagnoses, malpractice, and then talking about different entrepreneur mindsets and having the guidance, the guideposts, because there's so much multidimensionality.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there are folks all over the world trying to help aspiring entrepreneurs to be more effective, but if they don't know what their unique profile is, Of entrepreneurial strengths, then there's no way for them to help them effectively. They're giving the same advice to everybody. So the EMP allows for that, those development efforts to be specific and targeted.
0: I love that. I love that because it also gives an awareness. Some people aren't even aware of how different people's cognitive processing are. You'd be surprised. It's like, oh, wait a second. You don't think in a linear way like I do. It's like, you have no idea the <laughs> right. difference, like the different sensory perceptions. That's why some people are highly intuitive. Some people like one of my dear friends, like Denise, I'm not intuitive. Like, you. I'm like, good. She's very linear. And we, we mm-hmm. have these fun discussions. She's like, oh, that's not one of mine. I'm like, okay, well, that's not one of my Like, so it's fun. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing exactly. wrong. Like she's exactly yeah. perfect with her logic. And I go into my way and sort of, it's an acceptance level, but it's also data. And it sounds like, can you talk about um, the certification? Are you, did you help develop it? Then did you go out? Are you still part of the certification process or did you, were you the pioneer and off on your own or what, what's your relation to all of this now?
1: So I no longer do the certifications. My fabulous colleague, Dr. Maggie Dunn, does all the certifications. They're almost all done virtually. She's wonderful. And so I just i am kind of a subject matter expert. I still use it in my own practice. And I, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this idea. I think entrepreneurial mindset, and as a fellow mother of a teenage boy, I'm sure you can relate, but I think that our young people now, they need to develop an entrepreneurial mindset, and it can look very different from one to another, but unless they learn to assess opportunities and pivot quickly and develop their own skills in a way that allow them to add value out there in the marketplace, um, I, I think they're Going to be um, very significantly challenged. So I'm really passionate about this topic. Okay. One cool. thing I will say too, in oh sorry, no go ahead. La- last thing I will say, because you asked, you know, how your listeners can benefit from this. In addition to being able to take this assessment through a certified practitioner, it's a little bit of a different model than some psychological assessments. We wanted it to be widely available, so literally anyone in the world, as long as they speak english or spanish or french or I think portuguese now too can go on to the website e-mindset www.emindsetprofile.com and pay 45 dollars and take it themselves and get the results back immediately and it comes with a development guide that helps them understand their results and an action planner and a video so it's it's available to everybody there are no barriers
0: i love that Okay. Wow. Okay. So this is important. I'm getting to meet you for the first time. I was so interested in this data, like show me the data. So when I go to this talk next week, I can talk about this because I love that. Right. And then tell me a bit about you, like for everyone, like what makes you tick as a coach? Who are you as a mother? What are you doing in the world? Like, like you probably learned so much about yourself in developing the, these, these, uh, scales.
1: I uh, thank you for asking. I work for myself. I'm a solopreneur. I finally think of myself as an entrepreneur. And I love variety, so I do a lot of individual coaching. I'm doing a lot of group coaching, and I'm doing a lot of group coaching with women. I'm affiliated with an organization called Chief which is a unicorn developed by a couple women out there in California who are amazing. They've received, I think over a billion dollars in venture capital funding. And we work to support women to achieve and stay in, um, high-level leadership position, so I'm really passionate about that work. I supervise other coaches, and that's, well, I won't go into all that. It's not supervised in the sense that we typically think I'm overlooking their work, but coaches are coming together increasingly in this country, doing it in Europe for a long time, just as a clinician would be in supervision. At least, you know, clinical mental health providers are in supervision. So coaches also need to talk about that. So I um, am trained in supervision, and I do – what's the other main thing I do? Well, I I work on this assessment, and I've developed another assessment on coaching mindset. So that's why I'm as a professional. But like you, I'm doing drop-offs in the morning. I'm doing pickups in the afternoon. I've got two teenagers who are very active, and I'm constantly reflecting on my own – way of being in the world to try to be as helpful to them as I can. And that looks very different when they're three and when they're 13 and when they're 17.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of the things I love. Um, what, all of my really close friends, one of my friends is an attorney and she works for someone than someone else does, but they all... Oh, Denise. Oh, okay. It looks like we're dropping again. Denise. I was just starting to talk about some of my friends that are women in strong leadership positions with entrepreneur minds. And I feel like there's a real need. You were talking about being a mother and I find, and this would be almost like for show part two, when I get back from my event that we're living at such a unique time with artificial intelligence, chat, GPT, we just are all, you know, we've come out of the pandemic all these different leadership positions, whether you're male or female, how to be an entrepreneur, but also have the highest level of quality of life. So I'm finding that that's a real call to action for many. And I feel like now so more than ever, everyone's a coach. Everyone's a guru. Everyone's a mental health expert. Everyone. And for me, and by the way, I'm so happy that we're talking about mental health more. I'm so happy that people are taking charge of it. And I don't want to take someone's power away because I do believe we can all be our own coach, our own healer, our own guru. But I like the fact that your body of work you know, you have your PhD in psychology, you have all this credentialing and wisdom and experience. And I'd love to, on another show and also off show, talk with you about different creative ways that you're helping empower people. Cause I do that with my patients and I really am kind of a unique psychiatrist. I'm kind of off the grid. It's like someone will come in for a diagnosis, but I also do a lot of life coaching, but I never called myself that. It's just what I've done. I do therapy and you know, people come to me in crisis. So is a part of your to do's of what you do? Do you help vet opportunities for business ideas too? Or um, do you? Oh my goodness. Okay. So We've had a couple of call drops, which often happens when I'm working with such great people like yourself. Jen, can you tell everyone a little bit about where they can find you? So if they want to work with you and where they can get this incredible EMP scale?
1: Certainly, Denise. Thanks for asking. So to take the EMP or to register to get um, certified as a practitioner. You simply go to www.emindsetprofile.com. You can find me on my website, which is simply www.drjenhall.com, J-E-N-H-A-L-L.com. I don't update that much. I'm a little bit more active on LinkedIn. So if you can find me amongst all the other Jennifer Halls, I think I added doctor before my name simply because both of my names are so common. So feel free to to reach out and thank you so much for this opportunity. It's delightful to talk with you, Denise.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to when I get back from my event, it seems like you're coming to LA when I'm going off to my Vegas event. (laughs) I'm really excited to hear all the other bodies of work that you do. And I have amazing, friends that are female entrepreneurs that I feel like are in such sync with you and I, that I'm just grateful. I'm grateful I reached out to you. And also we have teen sons, Teens, you have teen son and daughter. We just, we have a lot in common. So I think the other thing about maybe the entrepreneur mindset or the passion mindset is if you're researching something and you just want to ask a question, be curious because you never know. You might get to meet An amazing person like dr jennifer hall (laughs) so (laughs) thank you everyone and thank you for all that you do i really appreciate it
1: thank you denise it's been such a pleasure
0: thanks everyone stay tuned for another show when i get back from the event thank you dr jennifer hall